Well, good morning, everybody. Uh, it's I am, feel so blessed to be up here this morning. Like Ben said, my name is Justin. I am incredibly blessed to serve as your new associate pastor. If I haven't had a chance to meet you yet, or if my face is new to you, I will be out in the lobby. I would love uh, to meet you this morning and, and get to know you a little bit better. And uh, uh, my fiance Sarah, will be here later this evening, so we'd like to meet you all as well. Well, I'm very, very excited to uh, start off this series called Next because this is something that's really near and dear to my heart. See, prior to coming here to Highland, I was solely uh, a youth pastor. And so I can tell you the importance of reaching the next generation, and that's what we're going to look at today. If you have your Bible, we're going to be looking at two different passages today. Of course, they'll be up here on the screen. We're going to be looking at 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12. We're also going to be looking at Psalm 78, verses 4 to 7. And we're going to try and uncover not only why is it important, but how can we actually put feet to pavement and get it rolling. So first of all, if you were like me, and you grew up in church... You know, you probably remember some of your junior church times. If you became a Christian when you were an adult, this may be news to you. But if you grew up in church, you probably remember some of those junior church times. I, I, I have vivid memories of it because my parents were the instructors. They taught Sunday school for ages 6 to 10, roughly. And I think it changed a couple times on what they were teaching. But it meant that I not only had, I was incredibly blessed to have them do that, but it meant I not only had them as instructors in the home, but also in the church. And I just have these memories of how earnestly they would pour into their lessons, you know, how they would make it seem exciting. You know, they made it seem like it wasn't hard to fall in love with Jesus, but they made it seem really important, which it is, by keeping it exciting. And I know for a fact that they had an impact on every single person in there. I've kept up with some of them. It was a pretty big class, but I've kept up with some of them. And I can tell you that at least four of them are now in full-time ministry, myself excluded. Two of them are uh, worship leaders. One of them is a missionary, and I'm not exactly sure where, but one of them just uh, accepted a call to move to Haiti full-time to work with orphans. Now, I don't tell you that to tell you how great and awesome my parents were. That's not why I'm here. I'm also not here to tell you that the children's church I grew up in was the best children's program around. My intention is, though, To get you to see what can happen when the body of Christ actively seeks to reach the next generation. Now, there's some good and bad news to this. And as a a, a guy who used to only do youth ministry, I can tell you it boils down to two things. I'll tell you the bad news first. The bad news is that a lot of churches now, not all of them, by no means all of them, but a lot of churches now, at least from what I can see, do not have this reaching the next generation mindset. I don't know if you've seen that or if you've visited a church, you've experienced that, but let me put it to you this way. When I was a youth pastor, um, I had someone tell me to my face that doing the youth and children's ministry wasn't, I quote to you, my problem. You see what I'm talking about. It's like they want to keep it two separate things. Yeah, they want the adults to have their time of worship and their time of study, and that's important. Oh, and, and they want the children and the teens to have their time of study, and that's important, but they want to keep it two separate things. It's almost like we want to have our church, we want them to have their church, and that's it. And even to take that even further, we want the people that work with the youth to go out and reach 
the other parts of the youth that aren't coming in. Like Ben said, the people in the outlying areas. They're doing it. It's their problem. Let them have it. Let me tell you something that I have figured out. I'm young. I'm still figuring a lot of stuff out. But I can tell you something I have figured out. If that is the mindset you have to keep things two separate things, that will never allow the church to grow. It just won't happen. You can't keep two separate factions within the body. That's what we're going to read here in 1 Corinthians 12 is Paul talking about being united in Christ, being one body with many parts, not separate things. Will you read with me? We're in 1 Corinthians. We're starting in chapter 12, verse 12, and then jumping down to 18 to 27. It says this, Just as a body, though one, has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. Jump down to verse 18. But in fact, God has placed the parts in the body, every one of them, just as he wanted them to be. If they were all one part, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, but one body. Do you see how he keeps emphasizing this aspect of, or this concept of one? One body, one mission. One Savior. It's all one. There's nothing separated at all. And that's what he's trying to get this church to understand that he's writing to. Verse 21. The eye cannot say to the hand, I don't need you. And the head cannot say to the feet, I don't need you. On the contrary. Those parts of the body that seem to be weaker, like children. People view children, the next generation, as weaker. Are indispensable. And the parts that we think are less honorable, we treat with special honor. And the parts that are unpresentable are treated with special modesty, while our presentable parts need no special treatment. But God has put the body together, giving greater honor to the parts that lacked it, so that there should be, and catch this, so that there should be no division in the body, but that its parts should have, catch this again, note the language, equal concern for each other. If one part suffers, every part suffers with it. If one part is honored, every part rejoices with it. And I love how he makes it personal. Verse 27. Now you are the body of Christ. And each one of you is a part of it. You see, this idea of keeping things separate, letting only certain people reach the next generation... And normally they single out the people who are already working with the children. Oh, if they're working with the children, let them have it. That's keeping things separate. And Paul completely puts that to rest right here when he says, each one of you is a part of the body. It's all of our mission to reach the next generation. And let me make things clear. When I'm talking about the next generation, I'm talking about children and teens too. Okay, we're not just going to limit it to just children, although they are important. But teens as well. And so you're, you're... probably thinking a couple of things. You know, I've been up here talking for a minute or two. You're probably thinking a couple of things. Number one, you're probably thinking, why is this such a big deal? And if you're thinking these things, I'm not coming down on you. These, this is fair. Why is this such a big deal? You know, I'm not good with kids. Or if you're really, really, really being honest with yourself, you're probably saying, I don't even like kids. These are things I've heard. <laughs> But I'm going to give you two reasons, okay? These are not difficult. I'm going to give you two reasons on why reaching the next generation is important and to kind of give you a roadmap of where we're going. I'm going to give you the two reasons on why it's important. And then we're going to look at how 
we can do it. And how those things kind of intersect. So first of all, we have, as Christians, we have to understand the importance of reaching the next generation. Now you've probably often heard this. You probably heard that the next generation are the lifeblood of the church. Have you heard that? It, maybe if you grew up more traditional, you heard the next crop of Christians. If, if, if that's news to you, you're probably thinking, well, that's a little dramatic, isn't it? Lifeblood, next crop, those are some pretty dramatic words. But those are used to emphasize the importance of it. And it's nonetheless true. You see, there will come a time when we all pass on from this life. And it will be up to the people that come after us to continue what we're doing. But here's a question that I want to pose to you. How can they be prepared to do it if we're not actively seeking to reach them with the gospel? They can't just pull it out of thin air. We have to be reaching the next generation. See, Jesus says in Mark 10, 15, Truly I tell you, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God, like a little child, will not enter it. Listen, how are they going to receive it if they haven't heard about it? This is incredibly important. We're going to talk about the, the literal importance of it here in a second. But listen, the line of Christians, the line of Christ believers coming after us should be so long that we can't see the end of it and so prepared that we don't have to worry about it. But someone has to establish the importance of that and go out and do the groundwork and reach the next generation. It doesn't just happen. We'll talk about meeting God halfway in a second with that. The second thing is, reaching the next generation is not something you can just decide you want to do. You know, like I said earlier, you're probably thinking, oh, you know, we'll let the, we'll let the children volunteers do that. They can reach the next generation. I'll, I'll, I'll stay doing what I'm doing, but we'll let them reach the next generation. There's good and bad aspect to that. Yes, you should be focused on what you're doing for Jesus right now, but... You cannot put all of that on just a few people. It's not something you can just decide you want to do. Like I heard once, um, we did kind of a similar talk like this at the last church I was at. And I had someone tell me, oh yeah, that'll be my New Year's resolution to go and reach the noon generation. That's, that's admirable and I appreciated that. But listen, it's not something you can just decide you want to do. It's not like going on a diet. If you turn with me now. It's something the Bible commands us that we do. If we look now at Psalm 78, verses 4 to 7, the author says this. We will not hide them. Them, they're talking about the next generation. We will not hide them from their descendants. We will tell the next generation the praiseworthy deeds of the Lord, His power and the wonders He has done. He decreed statutes for Jacob and established the law in Israel, which He commanded our ancestors, to teach their children so the next generation would know them, even the children yet to be born, and they in turn would tell their children. Then they would put their trust in God and would not forget His deeds, but would keep His commands. Do you notice how the author is ensuring that there is a steady stream of Christ followers to come after us? If their children tell their children and their children tell their children, if that is the case, if we're actively seeking to reach the next generation and that is indeed what is happening, then the body of Christ will never be stagnant but will constantly be renewed with the energy of young people on fire for Jesus. Have you ever seen young people on fire, like legitimately on fire, amped up for Jesus? I can tell you, it's completely contagious. It really is. Anytime... 
in my walk with Christ, anytime in my ministry, I felt I was lukewarm or I was leveling out or I was stagnant. It would just take one youth event, one worship event. At the last church, we did youth nights where the youth did the entire worship service for the adults. It would take one aspect to, of seeing them fired up for the Lord that would completely recharge me and recharge the others. But you have to be reaching the next generation to see that kind of fire. There is nothing more awesome in this world. And I try not to get emotional about it because it is so awesome. Than to see someone younger than you get on fire for Christ and then impact the world around them at such a young age. It can happen at any time. But if we're not reaching, actively seeking to reach the next generation, then you're not going to see that. And you're missing out on an incredible opportunity to maybe get yourself recharged for Jesus. So you say, Justin, that's fantastic. You know, the scriptures that you're putting up there are great. I agree with what they say. The things that you're, the, the, the things you're telling me, I agree with. That's fine. But how do I do it? What, what's the physical aspect of this? You know, I could sit up here and tell you things from the Bible that would support this till I'm blue in the face, but until you actively see how it applies to you, some of you probably are just now starting to perk up to it, which is fine. So I'm going to give you four ways, and these are not difficult, on how we can actively seek to reach the next generation. You don't have to have a Bible degree to do this. You don't have to have a degree at all to do these things. What you do need to have is a passion and a love for Jesus Christ and a yearning to want to tell others about him. That's all you need for this to happen. Now, I will tell you this, because I will always be straight with you. It does require you to step out of your comfort zone a little bit. It requires you to step out, maybe do something, maybe volunteer in an area you've never done before. It requires you to step out in the comfort zone. But you see, Jesus never called us to be totally comfortable. Never once. He tells us to step out of our comfort zone, go and reach, make disciples of all nations. That's what he means. Essentially, making disciples of all nations is teaching our children, our teens, reaching the next generation. That's what I want you to keep in mind with these application points. Number one is get involved. And I should also point out, these are in no level of importance. There's one I will stress more than the others, but number one, get involved. You probably don't need me to tell you that reaching the next generation of believers cannot come on the backs of just a few people. It's something that the church as a whole has to give 100% effort I was a youth pastor at a church of about 75 people. And I can tell you, I didn't have a plenty of youth volunteers. I had some, and they were fantastic. But you see, ultimately, reaching the next generation, it can't just be a few people, because ultimately that's pretty limited. A few people, as on fire as they can be, can only go so far. Imagine if every single person in this room actively sought just one degree or one person of the next generation. Just the number of people in this room, how much of an impact that would have. It has to be something the church gives 100% effort on, united, as Paul was talking about in 1 Corinthians 12, as one body to accomplish that goal. Now, I'm, I'm still figuring it out, but I've been told you know, that the, the children's volunteers here at Highland do an incredible job, and I 100% I believe that do an incredible job of not only teaching the kids here, but reaching the kids in the community. But they are always, always in need of more people. 
I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this, but I'm encouraging you. Get your family involved one Sunday a month. We're not asking you to go down and, and, and get you to volunteer and then lock you in for a year and a half. That's not at all what we're talking about. Plug your family in for a Sunday, two Sundays. And I can promise you, as a guy who has done it, both as a, at a volunteer level and at the, at the minister level, I can tell you, if you do it once and you instill the gospel of Jesus Christ into one person of the next generation, child, teen, whoever it is, the look on their face and the response that they give you will make you come back and do it again. You have not experienced anything until you have looked upon the face of a teen or a child, told them the good news of Jesus Christ, and then watched them light up in a light that can't come from anything else but hearing the gospel. I promise you, if you plug in once, twice, whatever it is, it will cause you to want to do it again. So get involved. You know, I will say this. When people volunteer, if you've had to go out and get volunteers for something before, I'm sure we've all had to do that at one point. I was the president of a club at KCU, and I always had to go out and get volunteers. People always want to volunteer for something in which they feel they're making a difference. Or they always want to volunteer for something in which they feel like they're making an impact. They feel like it's really important. Well, I can tell you this. I agree with that. But I can tell you this. What is more important than reaching the next generation for Jesus? There is nothing more important in this life than spreading the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because ultimately when it all comes down to it, that's what lasts. Everything else is temporary. That's what lasts. Spreading the message. Number two, make it exciting. Now look, anytime you're doing anything with children, you probably understand, especially if you have children, you have to keep them constantly entertained. And sometimes it's stressful. I don't have children, but Sarah has two nieces that are six and three, and it's interesting sometimes. But I will tell you, you have to make it interesting. Any lesson and activity has to be interesting. The beautiful part is this. We're not asking you, no one is making you even, go out, we're not asking you to go out and try and make an activity for children on matrix algebra interesting. We're not trying to do that. We're talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, spreading the message. It's the most interesting thing on the planet. The beautiful part of making it interesting is that you don't have to make it interesting. It already is, but it does take some effort. I'm not going to say it's immediate, but it does take some effort. But to make it interesting so that they're receptive. Now, I want you to think back for a second. Think back, if you were in children's ministry or when you were younger, think back to the time when you came to know Jesus. Take a minute and think about it, just a couple seconds. Do you remember how amped up you felt? If you don't have Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, I'm, I apologize that you don't really understand what I'm talking about, but it's hard to explain to somebody how it feels until they actually feel that call from Jesus. But do you remember how amped up you felt you see, you not only felt this way because Jesus was working on your heart, Jesus was working within you, but you also felt that way because the adults were helping you constantly reminded you of how awesome and great Jesus Christ is. It, it helps to make things interesting. But the beautiful part is you don't have to pour all of your effort into doing that. The next... Reach those outside of the church walls. Ben kind of brought this up in his introduction. You know, reaching the next generation here at Highland is great. That's fantastic, and that's what we should be doing. But 
it can't just stop there. You see, the next generation, is what we're talking about in this series, does not just refer to those who are active here at Highline, but to those who have never been here before. See, Jesus' mission for us in Matthew 28, 19a tells us, Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations. We cannot reach all nations if we stay within the church walls. It just doesn't happen that way. We must take the gospel to those who have not heard, the next generation, the ones we're bringing up, and build up that generation of those who would not have normally been considered the next generation. So when I, we think next generation of Christians, we think about those of us who we have down in kids' land. Our kids, our nieces, our nephews, grandchildren, that's who we think. But the next generation refers to so much more than that. Every child, every teen who does not know Jesus within the radius of here, that's who we're talking about reaching. And that requires stepping outside of your comfort zone. It does. And the last point, and, and this is the one I said is much more important than the other three. This one stands out above the others, is let them fall in love with Jesus. See, I'm going to say something, and maybe, maybe you've experienced this, maybe you haven't, but it is much harder to accept Jesus as your Savior as an adult than it is as a child. Now, I want to make something very clear to you. I am in no way implying that Jesus cannot work in the life of an adult. It does happen, it happens all the time, and I've seen it happen. What I'm saying is, because adults can sometimes be the way they are, it's harder to reach them with the gospel. If that's not enough for you, I don't know if you've ever heard, let me throw a statistic at you, and I'm normally not a numbers guy, but sometimes numbers don't lie, and this one is one of them. I don't know if you've ever heard of the Barna Research Group. That is a group dedicated solely to doing Christian and church-based statistics. They're in Ventura, California. Look them up. They've got some crazy stats. But they've got something called the 513 window. If you've done missions or anything, you probably know about the 1040 window, which is the latitude and longitude above the equator that has the heaviest socioeconomic problems. Like that they, like when missionaries go and do missions, they try and go to the 1040 window. Well, the Barna Research Group, when it comes to the next generation, has something called the 513 window. And let me read you a quote from the report. It says this, quote, The 513 window is the age group most prone to accept and act upon the salvation message. The research indicates that unless a person accepts Christ as Savior before the age of 14, the likelihood of ever doing so is slim. End quote. Now again, they're not taking into account that Jesus can work in the life of an adult, but they're trying to get you to understand how important it is to establish the relationship with Jesus, spread the gospel message at the age. See, here's the thing. Adults sometimes are set in their ways. Sometimes. And therefore, it, they're much harder to reach with the gospel message, like I said. But see, if we instill into the next generation the ways and the teachings of Jesus Christ, like plant the seed within them, then they will be solidified in their minds, and when they grow up, they will have built all this up within them, and hopefully will be producing fruit. It's like when you teach young children manners when they're younger. You hope that those manners will continue to when they are adults. You plant the seed of manners in their mind, and it grows as they are adults, and then they have it when they're adults. It's the same thing with the gospel message. You plant the seed of Jesus Christ into their mind, and hopefully it grows and grows and grows as you help cultivate and cultivate. And when they're older, they will be bearing fruit for Jesus. If we refer back to Psalm 78 really fast. Verse 7. 
then they would put their trust in God and would not forget his deeds, but would keep and not lose his commands. It parallels nicely with Proverbs 22.6, which says, Start children off in the way they should go, and even when they're old, they will not turn from it. We have to be reaching the next generation and planting the seed of Christ into their brains so that when they grow up, it will have grown and hopefully be producing fruit when they're older. See, reaching the next generation is vital to the growth of the church. We should strive to do everything we can in reaching them, but we should also note that we don't have to put all kinds of pressure on ourselves. You're probably sitting there thinking, well, yeah, that's great. I agree with you. Those are not hard things to do. But isn't that hard? I mean, reaching the next generation, you know, some people don't like to get involved in things they know they're not going to get 100% on. That's why I didn't major in math. You know, they want to ensure success. And don't put all the pressure on yourself. See, too often we try and plant the seed in someone and then we try and grow the seed. What we have to realize is it's our job to plant the seed. It's God's job to grow the seed. See, God will work in the hearts of the children and of those working with them to ensure success in reaching those who come after us. We just have to be willing to put in the time and the effort to ensure that God can work in the areas which we cannot. Have you ever read the book or seen the movie Where the Red Fern Grows? It talks about meeting God halfway. You put forth the effort and God will take you the rest of the way. That's kind of what we're doing here. We put forth the groundwork and the effort to go actively reach the next generation with the gospel. And God works in the hearts of those teaching and those hearing to ensure that his word does not, re- does not return empty. Isaiah 55, 11, the Lord states, So is the word that goes out from my mouth. It will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I sent it. When the word of the Lord goes out, it does not return empty. If we ourselves actively seek to reach the next generation on an earthly level, God will reach them the rest of the way on a spiritual level. But we have to put in some of the work. We have to get outside our comfort zone, understand the importance of the continuation of Christ's church by reaching the next generation. And if we actively go out in faith, go out in an act of faith like that, God will build us the rest of the way, build those up who we're reaching the rest of the way. You know, ultimately, we want our children and the next generation to understand the love that Christ has for them, understand the sacrifice and the lengths he went to to express that love. That's what we want them to understand. That's what we want someone of any age to understand, but especially the next generation, because it's the next generation that will take it to the parts of the world that we were not able to get to in our own lives. And not only is the body of Christ continued, but the mission of Christ is continued. You know, as we come now into this time of communion, what we come to do is to remember. Remember.